So welcome to the Adventures in Trade podcast, the podcast for the UK trade brought to you by Powered Now. Powered Now is an app and software for busy trade companies. Whether you're working alone or in a team, invoice, quote, and keep on top of your important jobs and paperwork with Powered Now. Now, we must be crazy because listeners to Adventures in Trade can get an extended trial of the software. And if you subscribe for a limited time, we're giving away a free Sum Up card reader. Yeah, free, so you can accept credit and debit cards on the job. To check your eligibility, head to powerednow.com forward slash adventure. That's powerednow.com forward slash adventure. So welcome to Adventures of Trade. Now, if you were to look up the dictionary definition of busy, my next guest name may just appear. He works for the UK's largest trade merchant on some enormous digital projects. He's a damn good golfer, which I've actually learned to my cost. And I believe he was voted Blackpool's most impressive beard 2021-2022. My guest on today's Adventures in Trade podcast has also worked for some of the biggest brands in the UK, from B&Q Kingfisher, Vodafone, and now Travis Perkins. I'd like to give a big welcome to John Godwin, the Digital and Marketing Director at Travis. John, welcome to Adventures in Trade. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for the intro. Not sure about the beard. I've definitely cut it back and I'm, I'm, I am very tempted to start adding some back to black, if you like, just because the greys are starting to appear. John, well, thanks so much for coming on our podcast. We've known each other for a long time. I've been watching what you've been doing at Travis with huge interest. So I think this is going to be a conversation which actually a lot of the Powered Now customers and listeners to Adventure Trade will be very interested in. Let's start, if it's okay, John, chatting about Travis. It's an enormous business, right? And I think it, I was laughing the other day because in the old days, if you were giving someone directions to go somewhere, you'd probably name the various pubs and churches to turn left or right at. I think today you just need to simply tell people where to go into relation to the nearest Travis depot. There seems to be one two minutes away from everybody in the entire country. So I think first question, can you give the listeners some idea of how big this business is? Size, scale, I'm curious to know how many depots there are. And I'm actually really keen to know if you have a favorite depot, maybe a shout out for one of those. Absolutely. Yeah. To be honest, before I joined TP, I wasn't really that familiar with the brand, partly just because I've never been a customer of theirs. So when I first joined, we were obviously as part of a much bigger group. We had the likes of Wix still in, involved. We had the plumbing and heating division that included City Plumbing and other businesses. But in TP, the, as we call it, the green and gold brand, which is the biggest business inside the group. We've got over 700 branches. We've got, and in there, and including our central functions, we've got over 8,600 colleagues in that particular business. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty big. I think we've seen over the last, certainly over the last 10 years, a surge towards big conurbations rather than the more rural locations. You and I live on the Isle of Wight, got one very rural location in Roxall. I'm not sure you'd necessarily use that as a... Hold on, that's literally two minutes around the corner from me. <laughs> that ro- the Roxall depot is a godsend when you're doing something and you just, where is that thing? Oh, I didn't buy the thing. They definitely have it in Roxall. So I love that depot. Absolutely. So you're, so the reference point for your house will be 400 metres up the road on the left from Roxall. And then we've obviously more recently started to, to look at expanding into sort of areas that we probably didn't feel we needed to get involved with. So yeah, some big branch expansion initiatives over the last 10 years. And so yeah, over 700 branches. 
In total, though, the group's quite a lot larger than that. And I've got some stats here that you may be interested to know. So we have got a sister company in the in the, in the, uh, the group tool station uh, yep. with over 550 branches and 6,000 colleagues. But we have over 1,300 branches across the group, including the other brands in uh, BSS, CCF, Keyline included in that with over 17,000 colleagues. So, yeah. It's a pretty big player in the uh, in the UK, and you sometimes forget how big it is because the way that we work and how we work very much based on personal relationships and being able to talk to our customers on a more local and personal level. And you forget the size and shape of the business. Yeah, I love that. Obviously, I, we were talking about Roxor and the depot just around the corner for me, but I, I don't think of it as Travis Perkins. I think of it as the guy that runs it. I know his, I know his first name. So I need something. I go and see him. And I think that entry point into this Goliath of UK trade is just, you know, it's very personable, isn't it? I like that. And I think if you, lots of companies lose that sort of personal feeling. I think with Travis, you've definitely kept it. And I think that's really nice. You mentioned being part of this bigger group. The number of branches and depots, as you call it, will grow into 2023 and beyond. Yeah, um, huge business. Got some amazing colleagues. Not I've not met every single one of them, obviously, but I've got a, a few favourites that I speak to on a daily basis out in the out in the world of merchanting and they become really good close friends like we do with our customers. Yeah, brilliant. Travis isn't just a big company, is it? It's also an old company. And I had to I don't know this because I'm not a Travis Perkins super fan, but I had to look it up on Wikipedia that it started trading in 1797. Wow. So, what history. And I love companies with rich and deep history like that. I remember visiting the Travis HQ in Northampton about eight years ago. And I think it's fair to say that Travis had a few challenges at that time. Obviously, we come from the IT world and legacy technology. There was all sorts of initiatives which hadn't quite come to fruition. I would love to, you're the digital director for Travis, right? And here I am, I'm trying to digitize the trade as well through Powered Now. So we understand that those challenges but I'd love to hear the story of how the company's developed its digital offering over the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. Similar to you, not quite as far back as eight years ago when you first visited our head office, but being in the business for the last five years, I've I've definitely got a good grasp now of how complex, how uh, how much legacy and, the, and how much technology there is in our business just to open up our branches on a daily basis. I think... One of the really interesting moments in my career at TP was when I first joined and stood behind a trade counter talking to one of our customers about what he wanted to what he wanted to buy. And the colleague next to me who was working our point of sale technology, our POS system, then continued to violently tap several times, if not over 10, 15, 20 times on this keyboard, just to find the product that the customer wanted to uh, wanted to buy. At that point, he was able to see how much stock he had in, in the system. He was able to look at what price that customer was going to be given for that product. And then all of a sudden, out of this dot matrix printer came a, a work slip, which was then given to one of our yard colleagues who then went and picked this product. And, and yeah, it was quite eye-opening coming from the likes of Vodafone, where I was before Travis Perkins. And yeah, that was my introduction into our technology. And so I knew it was going to be a bit of a challenge there on in. And I suppose the bit that if there was anything that really 
focused my attention on over that five-year period since I've been in the business is that we're never going to be completely free of legacy in our business. It's always going to be there because it's what started our business in the first place based on this old technology. So if we are going to get rid of it, so to speak, it will be done over several years and we'll have to do it piecemeal. It can't be a wholesale change. And it was quite widely reported in the press a few years ago that we had a failed major technology program costing a lot of money. I won't go into the actual amount, but a lot of money was was spent trying to implement technology. And I think what we learned as a business was that doing wholesale technology changes in a business our size is really difficult. Yeah. Uh, we've got so many different processes. We've got so many different relationships. We've got so many different types of customer that by just going wholesale and making everyone fit into the same process and same kind of technology, it just became really difficult. So that was the sort of, if you like, baptism of fire coming into our business and seeing our technology in action. And I suppose the journey that I've then taken us on has been to appreciate that technology. We've got to work with it. So we definitely have no support to do any more wholesale changes. So we've developed as we've gone and using digital as a way for us to upscale and make our interactions easier to use with our customers. So the likes of our new app and our website and and other digital platforms that we've created almost disguise the fact that the back end is still quite old and clunky. So the front end starting to become a lot slicker. Customers are now able to log on, view their prices, check stock, be able to place orders, track their deliveries, all the things that you would naturally consider to be out the box for any retail business up and down the country. But behind the scenes, it's hand cranking away and trying to make the best use of our old technology. So we've done some great work and I'm really proud of what we've managed. We've grown online from a place before the pandemic and when I first joined the actual Travis Perkins business We've grown our sales online exponentially. We've worked tirelessly to make sure that the website and the app and all the other stuff that we've been building is in line with our business. Because a lot of companies that I see make a huge mistake. They come in and make wholesale changes and they forget that some of our customers like working in a similar way. And I've got to make sure that everything that we do and have done is working really closely with the customer. You've, you, it's, it's, that's very interesting. It's difficult, isn't it? You've got to get that balance, right, between keeping the business operating without disrupting it too much whilst you're being innovative and trying to make change. But ultimately, you've got to take your customers on that journey. If you're forcing them to do something outside of their comfort zones, there are, let's be honest, there are other merchants that they could go to. So looking after those customers, taking them on that journey, that will be very hard for a company the size of Travis. So I can only imagine the effort that's gone into that. I also love the, I've got this image of Travis Burke is now like a swan, all looking very serene, <laughs> gliding across a lake with his legs furiously operating. But slowly over time, right, those legs get stronger and they improve. And that's, that's your opportunity to start replacing some of that legacy tech as the new stuff starts delivering and people are used to it and they've come on that journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm not I'm not foolish enough to think that we're going to be in the next five years, we're going to have a full digital first business model. Our customers still like going in, to your point, going into your local Roxall branch and talking to 
the branch manager there know that digital will that will be there and will grow and will be a big part of the customer journey going forward but it definitely won't replace going into a branch touching yeah. and feeling the materials the products and having that as so to speak that banter and that relationship with the colleague in branch so we've got to complement our existing business model and it's not to try and replace similar to what banks did and have and continue to do which is to replace physical branch infrastructure with digital tools to migrate customers from offline to online and i think what we've got to be really conscious of is that we want to complement our branch not replace i think that's very sensible there's there's also a point about demographics isn't there where younger people are much more a favorite digital tech but their demands are probably higher ordering from your mobile phone using the web all these type of things which actually have they probably have a higher level of expectation of what a company like Travis can do but a lot of the time they're not necessarily decision makers in business or they're not the people that run the business and ultimately businesses are interested in have you got the stock can you deliver it on time and is it of a good decent enough good enough quality for me to use and i think if you can answer those three things first which obviously is core to the travis perkins proposition everything else is secondary isn't it ultimately your your goal is to sell more stuff right not to be a digital business but digital is the enabler of selling more stuff is that a fair summary absolutely similar to one of your first questions about what have we been up to during this last few years especially during the pandemic and there's two things that stick out for me that i think i got right and it was probably by luck rather than by design the first thing that i did when i first took over was i made sure that the website and our digital presence reflected our business not the other way around so we used to sell over 35,000 products on our website when I first took over, ranging from sheds to OSB to bars and, and hot tubs. Genuinely, that's what we were selling at the time. And I remember talking to a branch manager up in the Northeast in Newcastle when I first joined and he said, John, can you please take this product from off our website? Because I don't sell Cotswold Stone. And I can't get hold of it. If I could get hold of it, it cost me an arm and leg to get it up to the northeast. And also, none of my customers appreciate that behind the scenes, we'd have to work really hard to get it up here and it would cost us a lot of money. So what we did straight away is we localized our inventory online that represented our local branch. Now, it's it's an important part of our journey and it's not the greatest user experience or customer experience, but... Every customer now using our app or online has to connect with their local branch. And as a result, the inventory and their range is local to that branch. And therefore, when an order is placed, it goes to the branch who then know where it is, know that they can stock it or they do stock it and know that when they can get it to the customer. And that was a massive part. The second biggest, I think, opportunity that existed when I first took over was that we had really sketchy and i will call it sketchy stock accuracy in our branches so stock accuracy in our branches can range from as low as 50 percent to 90 95 and in most retail businesses that have customers walking into their stores or branches stock accuracy is an issue and it always will be 
but we needed to change the way that we, that, that we count stock rather than doing it on paper, which was genuinely how we used to do it, to where it is now. So we built a what we call a PI counting app, and that was the first real digital development that we did. And now our colleagues count all of their stock on a daily basis using an app, which means that when a customer goes online and views a product and understands what the stock position of that product is, it's live and it's accurate. And that's don't, massive. Don't worry, John. You can imagine in 1797 when the first Travis has opened, it wouldn't have been paper. I'd imagine it'd be carrier pigeon. Or, you know, <laughs> You're probably right. Smoke signals across the country about gravel availability or something. So you mentioned something very interesting in there around price and I'm conscious this could be a sensitive topic, so answer how you can. But I remember when I did that visit to Northampton a few years ago, There were we went up to a floor and it, it was enormous, absolutely huge. And it was full of people all working on pricing. And you, you have all these different lines of products. You have all these different brands. You have your supplier and a manufacturer. So it's complicated. And you're selling this stuff online, right? But you're not a fixed price merchant, which seems to be the direction most are going. I'm really keen to understand how does Travis handle that variable pricing with e-commerce? I can only imagine how complicated it is. Yeah, it is. And look, I'm certainly not going to shy away from this question because I think it's an important topic and subject. It's been very much at the the number one thing that I would say that we as merchants, and I'm not just talking about Charles Perkins, but as we move to a more digital enabled world, consistency is obviously really key. And that's not just consistency about what you are able to buy products for in branch and what you're able to buy online. But because we've got over 700 branches, it's really important that customers, because they do naturally travel around the country in some shape or fashion. And as a result, they will use multiple Travis Perkins branches. So having one price in your local branch and traveling 50 miles up the road to another Travis Perkins, customers expect the same price. So we know that consistency across all of our pricing is key. And we're really committed to driving consistency across that. Where things become slightly murky is online is a now a the biggest reference point. So we have more digital interactions in our business than offline interactions and equates to, we believe, we've got this amazing acronym that people are now starting to use called ROPO, which is research online, purchase offline. So we've got this ROPO number that we're actively looking at. And what that in essence gives us is how many customers use online as part of their journey with TP. And we can then start to see the impact of what we do online, offline. Because we know that Customers now will use online much more than they ever have. During the pandemic, we've grown massively online, but we also know that customers sometimes don't feel overly comfortable making the commitment to purchase whilst they're online. So they may want to find out what products are in stock, how much do they have, what the price is, and then how do I then go and order it? And then most customers still today will choose to then go into branch to make the purchase. Now, if we've got a really high price online or a price that's uncompetitive, what that does is it drives customers potentially elsewhere. So we've got to be really mindful that 
shelf price or that retail price that we've got isn't isn't high to for the reasons that it may have been high in the past which is to then negotiate down by the relationships you have with us we've got to be really clear that shelf price is plays and will play a huge part in our business going forward because we want to attract new customers but we also don't want to discourage existing customers who have got great terms with us who pump loads of business through us and we want to make sure that they feel comfortable going online. So we've made a commitment that our shelf price needs to be more competitive and is starting to. We have now our what we call our KVIs, our core volume inventory that we have a, a we track across about 150 of our key SKUs that are competitively priced. And that is below the competitive price line that we set. So we know that if you're a customer, that those core 150 lines are the best price that you'll get on the market. But we also know that there's a long tail of products that customers buy from us, and we need to encourage them to log in. And and if you are out there as a trade customer, logging into Travis Perkins' website or app will give you a much better price than the shelf price that's advertised on the vast majority of SKUs online. But what I'd also recommend that you do, and this is something that we're working on actively in our marketing strategy for next year, is that shelf price is there to attract new customers. Our kind of price for the trade, if you like, that's the price, the negotiated price that you get will and still is the main way our trade customers do business with us. If you negotiate a pricing branch with your local merchant or your local Travis Perkins branch, you will then see those prices. And that's key. Whereas before, you wouldn't necessarily have that. So we've made massive strides that if you log into our website today, you'll get a better price because of the consistency that we've driven through our pricing strategy. That's re- that's really interesting. I can only imagine how hard that is to administer, actually, because <laughs> coming from the e-commerce world originally, that's that's hard that's hard work pricing tables for multi multiple customers in app online in branch it's i don't think people really appreciate how much engineering and hard work goes into to maintaining that john you mentioned something in there around a core set of products at a price which is attractive for new customers what are those products are these sort of daily consumables are these the things you're going you're passing oh, i need some silicon i need some yeah. some screws whatever it's going to be are these are they those products yeah it's our high volume line so that so the products that what i would call everyday products at everyday prices is the way that i'd communicate that and that's done based on that we see coming through our business and have done over many years so it's the what i'd call the core products a general builder or a trade specific specialist needs and wants to do their job and we've made sure that those prices are right priced every day and we track them every day and as you can imagine that's something that takes a lot of manpower we are automating that but it's not quite there yet so there's still a lot of manual hand cranking and calculators out every day to make sure that we are tracking at a level that means that we are super competitive on those core lines brilliant brilliant let's talk about the branch i've waxed lyrical about how much i love my local travis perkins branch and i really do i like i'm going there after this actually i've got to go and i'm actually i'm not gonna tell everyone in the podcast what i'm up to <laughs> It's, it involves water and electrics, so that's bad news, probably. But I do have a theory, and you may disagree, that builders, merchants in general can be slightly intimidating places for people, especially yeah. if they're not used to them. If you don't work in the trade and you walk into one of these builders, merchants, it's, it's a lot of 
heavy duty stuff and serious looking people. And I'm curious, is there anything that Travis can do to disarm this? Because I'm convinced and I've spoken to thousands of people that work in the trade. I don't think it's just the consumers that are slightly scared of builders merchants. I think a lot of people in the trade are as well. And I think a lot of that spend doesn't go to Travis. It goes to being Q's where it's more like a supermarket. Is there anything that you could do that could capture some of that or maybe de-arm that? No, look, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think certainly of a business that has over 700 branches, what we don't have is a consistent look and feel, a shape and size branch up and down the country. As you, your branch around the corner, Roxall, it doesn't represent a lot of our branches that are in major conurbations. So what we do know is that through the last several years when we've acquired new businesses or we've acquired existing businesses, we've taken over the land and we've taken over the footprint, if you like, of that original site. And if you've been into London, you will see a a, a quite different mix of shape and size branches. So what we haven't got is a consistent look and feel and way of being able to navigate customers through our branch, both in yard and inside our shops in, in each location. However, what we have now got is we've got a really good blueprint for all new branches, which there's several coming next year and the year after. And what we have built is a really good customer experience where we've done lots of tests and learns with new branch formats, making it much easier to navigate, to understand. And to your point earlier, just being able to understand where's a safe zone for me to go without coming into some kind of battle with a a forklift truck, right? So we've got loads of work going on for next year to simplify our site navigation, not site as in website, but our site navigation. So signposting customers to the right places. If you're new or even existing, I think it's really important that you signpost that. But we're also making our site a lot more friendly in the way that we group products together. So if you're looking for a specific product and you know that there is a linked product that you also need, rather than walking to the other side of the yard to pick it up, we're going to start clustering products closer together, which is absolutely the right thing to do, which means that there's less need for customers to ask where things are, it becomes a lot more obvious and we can start doing some really good stuff in that space now and working with some of our more creative partners in our new branch formats with regards to things like the way that floor layouts are are done and the way we pinpoint and be able to describe where products are become a massive part of how we do business. We're injecting new digital technologies into our business, which means that customers halfway through 2023. So if you're a Travis Perkins customer in June or July next year, you'll be able to go into a branch, into a yard, pick up product and be able to check out in the yard. Like consider that, be able to be in and out in 10 minutes in one of our yards is a massive thing that our customers are calling out. So our new digital technology that we've built will enable customers to go in and pick up product and go out without needing to go into one of our inside to branch to to pay or to put it on their account. So yeah, making loads of great um, movements in this space. And I think we know that it's a key component for us to win in, in 2023 and beyond. That's really interesting. I was going to ask you actually, how do you think the merchant experience is going to change in the future? But I think this whole research online, buy physically in the store, research online, buy online, pick up in the store, multi-channel e-commerce and multi-channel shopping is something which is when you're dealing with huge bits of wood and heavy things, it's a hard 
concept to sell, I'd imagine, to lots of branch managers that people are going to do this. But I'm going to, you may not want to answer this question, but I'm really curious to know what percentage of Travis's sales are online now is... Oh, it's a very good question. So at the moment, Travis Perkins web sales are approximately 2% of total business and we're a 2.4 billion pound business. That's still enormous, right? That's a huge amount of money. Yeah, it has. And it's grown exponentially. And I'm not going to say it's just because of me, but it's, I think the pandemic really helped, but we know that we believe that the research online and purchase offline that equates to nearly a billion pounds worth of our offline business now. So people are now using online to start or a part of their journey with us. And I think that's why what we do next online is so critical to our success overall because our customers are using it and they're using it a lot. Yeah. We've got a lot of bathroom fitters, plumbers, heating engineers that use Powered Now. And they absolutely, I know for a fact they do that. They want to know what products are available they're not necessarily going to buy them online because they're going to phone Dave up and they're going to try and twist his arm for some extra discount or whatever it is they're doing. But they just want to know what's available. And a lot of our customers, talking to them, they do a lot of repeat work, the same job. They know the pricing, they know the products, they know what to charge for it. But they don't necessarily know what's coming up or what the new thing is or there's the new innovations in their space. So I think actually being able to put it in an app in their pocket regardless of not if they use it to purchase is it's a marketing piece right rather than a sales piece and it's got to be vital it has to be the future and i think as people become more demanding in large business adopting tech and making their lives easier through tech travis is not exempt to that so i think what you've been doing there is difficult it should be it's a, it's a huge success for you to go from where i know travis was eight years ago to where you are today and you just imagine what that exponential curve is going to look like in 10 years time it's it's going to be huge right yeah no absolutely i think already today if you look at the introduction of the app last year has been a huge success for us we've we've had over 250,000 downloads now which is quite incredible all still above 4.7 4.8 stars on both app stores so we've built a really good product it's really robust our customers love it yeah we've not built everything because we're just on the start of our journey Ben when you first started Powered Now I'd imagine it looks completely different now to what it was back when you started but yeah we've got a great rich roadmap of activity for next year and beyond where we'll hopefully build stuff that encourages more and more customers to go and do stuff with us yeah really exciting and I have to say it's probably one of the most exciting industries to work in it right now in, in terms of the digital revolution not evolution yeah absolutely your impact could be is huge John and well done I've realized that I've taken you probably longer than you were expecting on Adventure of Trade podcast. So I really want to thank you for your time today. Before we wrap it up, is there anything you want to punt to the listeners? You mentioned your app. How do people find that? Yeah, Travis Perkins app. You can find us on both the Android and Apple stores. Give it a download. You can sign up for a new account if you haven't already got one on the app. It takes about 30 seconds. So don't worry that there's loads of form fields to fill in. And straight away, you'll be able to access all of our products all of our our pricing, which will be even more competitive than the shelf price because you'll have a trade account. So definitely recommend you do it. So John, they can find that app on the App Store. That's excellent. I'd imagine once they've got that app, that unlocks offers. We've just missed Black Friday. I know you had a 20% offer for people that were using it. So you're mad not to have it, right? 
Absolutely. Look, if any of you, and I'll put this out as an offer to any of the subscribers or listeners to this podcast, I will honour the 20% off going forward as a little gesture if because this is going out after Black Friday. So if you missed Black Friday, which you probably will have done on our website or app, I will honour the 20% discount and I'll get that sorted for you and I'll send you a code for you to use. See, there we go. It's always worth listening to the final word of the podcast because that's where the gold is. John Godwin, thank you so much for joining me on Adventures in Trade. I'm going to let you get back to digitising Travis Perkins. I can only imagine by taking half an hour out to chat to me, you've probably got an inbox of about 7,000 emails. So John, thank you so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you, Ben. Cheers. So thank you for listening to this episode of Adventures in Trade. As a reminder, Adventures in Trade is the podcast from Powered Now. We're giving away a free sum up card reader at the moment for anyone that listens to Adventures in Trade. Just head along to powerednow.com forward slash adventure. That's powerednow.com forward slash adventure. And I catch you on the next episode.